Now entering the Bitcoin Podcast Network. Hey everybody, um, welcome to another episode of What the Header. Uh, so this show had an interesting origins, but if this is your first time hearing it, we're three deep in our journey of learning as much as Bitcoin as possible. So, you know, somewhere along the line of reading headlines for week on week on week, we realized that we got kind of detached from the actual technology and how it works. And we wanted to, I don't know, relearn it. Isn't that about safe to say? Yeah. I mean, I, I have no idea how under the hood everything works. Like, you know how we, we can we can flip a light switch, but does that doesn't mean we understand how it works, right? Yeah, and, and we're not uh, built that way. Damn it. Yeah, so so this is basically our deep dive into figuring how the Bitcoin light switch works. Mm-hmm. So, where did we end off last week? So we were talking about blocks. Last, so we talked about blocks. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh no, this is where we left off, right here. So, what is a block? And that's where we are. What is a block? So, <laughs> oh my god. Okay, audience. So you know, I went home to visit my parents because I'm not going to see them for Thanksgiving. And there are like three billion noises a second in this house. And I don't know what they are or where they come from, but that's just is what it is. So you're going to have to stomach it as we stomach it. So, yeah. Okay. So what is a block? (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be like shiver, 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 shiver. Yeah. There's clocks, there's chimes, there's dogs, there's people. There, it's just too much. So anyways. A cacophony of sounds. Ooh, cacophony. I like that word. <laughs> there's a cacophony of candy in that store. Anyways. Um, what? Well, I was thinking of a candy store. Okay. Yeah. Well, anyways. Um, blockchain. Obviously, you've heard of it. A block is a collection of Bitcoin transactions. That's it. The end. Close the book. We're done. No. Uh, a block is a bunch of transactions that have been added to the blockchain. How are blocks formed? Blocks are formed by miners. Go on. When you make a Bitcoin transaction, it isn't added to the blockchain straight away. We've already read this, man. We've read about the mempool. We did this last week. Right, have we, we were past blocks. Have we? Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. We know all about the block header because I went on and on about metadata. 
we went into Merkle Root, and the target has something to do with difficulty. I do believe we were sliding right into difficulty. Scroll to the bottom of this page. Okay. There we go. There we go. So, so difficulty. So the target, right, is what the miners are all trying to, uh, if you remember from last week when we were talking about it, you're trying to, you know, introduce a number so that when it's hashed with the previous block's information, you get a number with a certain number of leading zeros. And the number of leading zeros is the target. And it's calculated that so the target is calculated from the difficulty, which is a value set by the Bitcoin network to regulate how difficult it is to add a block of transactions to the blockchain. So you can think of the target as a limbo pool poll for candidate blocks. Uh, the greater the difficulty, the lower the target. And the more difficulty it is to find a block hash that is below this value. So difficulty, let's get a pretty proper def definition. It's a value set by the Bitcoin network that is designed to regulate how quickly blocks are solved. It adjusts every 2016 blocks to try and create an average of 10 minutes between blocks. So that happens to be just about every two weeks, just about, I believe. Yep. So the nonce, what is a nonce? So you don't, you don't hash a block header on its own you hash it with an extra number, and that extra number is the nonce. And that's what we were just talking about. You throw in a nonce to the block header, and the better before is the version, the last block, the transactions, the time it took in the target, right? And you add a number, some number. And it's a dummy field that miners use to help them get a block hash below the target value. So there's all these fields, remember, that go into a block header, and there's one that's open. And that one's just called the nuns. And it's just an arbitrary number. That's it. So as a miner, this nuns, that's the number that you're guessing to try to unlock Bitcoin and add a bunch of transactions onto the blockchain in the form of a block. And that's what's happening. So if you were to take a gander at the difficulty level of the network right now, it's astronomical. And that directly relates to the hash rate of the network, which is also astronomical. It's in exahashes right now. So every second, there's like millions on millions on millions of hashes. And these hashes are these miners guessing nonces. And that fucking bananas, Jesse. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the... All right, so your turn. Take over. I'm, I'm, I'm tired of hearing my voice. So uh, hash uh, hash values uh, contain letters um, and numbers. Well, so here it's saying um, if the first nonce doesn't work, starting at zero, keep incrementing it and hashing the block header. Eventually, you'll find a nonce that returns a block hash that is less than the target value. And then uh, a note, side note is, uh, I know these hash values contain letters, but you can still think of them as numbers like any other. They're simply hexadecimal values, and computers love working with them. 
and then the next part is congratulations. Once you found nonce, a nonce that works, the block is solved, and for all and all of the transactions in this block are added to the blockchain. Mm. All man, uh, all miners will now head back to the transaction pool and start work on the next candidate block. They will use your successful block hash in their next block header, and the race to add a new block of transactions to the blockchain starts again. Mm. Good work. So sexy. It's such an eloquent system, in my opinion. So we're gonna we're gonna be making this from scratch. Just want you to know that we're gonna make our own Bitcoin blockchain. Yeah, we're well. What we're gonna do is we're gonna write it all from scratch, but we're going to um, we're going to clone the repository of Bitcoin, but we're gonna make like our own rudimentary. You want to do uh, that blockchain? Yeah, we should do that, and then yeah. we should have the the the, the tokens be non fungible fruit tokens. <laughs> all right so the next category is difficulty so what is difficulty what is it's difficulty? a mechanism for regulating the time it takes to mine a block that's it um yeah that's it why do so we need to regulate the time it takes to mine a block jesse because you need to adjust the difficulty when the number of transactions per second or when the number of uh hashes per second uh, is adjusted like if somebody comes into the network with like the the latest antminer s1000 mm-hmm. the uh the difficulty of the network has to adjust so that uh the antminer can't mine everything i guess is that is that like a, a good explanation that's a great explanation it, it hinders the most it, it hinders the network based on the total hashes per second of the network and it's time based, right? So we're trying to have this happen every ten minutes. No, no, the difficulty doesn't adjust every ten minutes. The difficulty doesn't adjust every ten minutes, but it's trying to assure that on average, every ten minutes, a new block is found. Yeah. It adjusts every two weeks or so. Two thousand sixteen mm-hmm. blocks. Yeah. So. So, like, yeah, it just says it here. This difficulty value updates every two weeks to ensure that it takes 10 minutes on average to add a new block to the blockchain. Mm -hmm. So why is the difficulty important? Because it ensures that blocks of transactions are added to the blockchain at regular intervals, even as more uh, more miners join the network. If the difficulty remained the same, it would take less time between adding new blocks to the blockchain as new miners join the network. So when does the difficulty change? So the difficulty adjusts just like uh, D mentioned every 2016 blocks, which is roughly every two weeks. At this interval, each node takes the expected time for each of these 2016 blocks to be mined and divides it by the actual time it took, however in many in minutes. If the miners were able to solve each block more quickly than expected, say nine minutes per block, for example, you get a number like this, 20,160 which is the number of blocks, 2016 times 9 minutes, divided by the actual. Oh, sorry, the the 10 minutes, your target, which is 2016 uh, blocks times 10 minutes, divided by 2016 times 9 minutes, which is 20,160, divided by 18,144, to get 1.11. Each Hmm. node then uses this number, the 1.11 number, to adjust the difficulty for the next 2016 blocks. Uh, the formula that that they're using is difficulty times 1.11 uh, equals the new difficulty. 
So if the number is greater than 1, for example, blocks were mined quicker than expected, the difficulty increases. If the number is less than 1, uh, for example, blocks were mined slower than expected, the difficulty decreases. And that's it. Every miner on the Bitcoin network now works with this new difficulty for the next uh, 2016 blocks. Man, it just seems so simple. You know what I mean? Like, it's crazy to me that you hear people lambast Bitcoin about being like Ponzi schemes or whatever, and they don't even want to take the time to learn how simple it is in comparison to some of the other systems that we have. Like, this is really simple to me. I think I they know. say Ponzi because the money coming in is like leveraged money. It's like Tether, and Tether doesn't even exist, right? So that's why well, people say it's a Ponzi scheme. Money coming in is that. That's just a big portion of it. Yeah, so like if, if you look at the amount so of money. Think. Uh, well, so let, let's take this for instance. Like when Bitcoin gets forked, right, and becomes Bitcoin SV or Bitcoin Lite or Bitcoin Diamond or whatever, mm-hmm. Bitcoin Gold. Some of that value gets uh, gets lost to that new fork, right? Mm-hmm. And so out of nowhere, that that currency has value. And so I guess yeah. that's why people say it's kind of like a Ponzi scheme because whenever people fork it and then they market the shit out of that new forked coin and then they sell into the people who want to buy their supply and then they convert it back to Bitcoin, the people who sell the forked Bitcoin that they just made, then I could see like how it's yeah. not a Ponzi scheme, but it's just like it's kind of... That's one instance and one shady instance of an entire ecosystem like that's no but you have to think how many shit coins are there there's like two thousand three thousand shit coins right they all convert back to bitcoin at some point but this is something that like was foreseen a long time ago and that's why bitcoin is king and will be king for a very long time because if you can just spin up new cryptocurrencies then eventually what you have is infinity supply which means that the price equilibrium is zero but we don't let me because, ask you this. What, is, what does a Ponzi scheme mean? I don't know. Like, in my, in my opinion, it's just like a... <sighs> oh, boy. Oh, it's a long one, too. Is this it over? fucking house. Can you believe that happens every 15 minutes and that was my That's childhood? That's crazy. That was my childhood. That was my childhood. Crazy. Just, I'm going to say that again. That's crazy. Every fucking 15 minutes, that damn thing. I didn't, it's not until you notice it and you come back and you're like, that's insanity. It's literally <laughs> insanity. Like every 15 minutes, that thing does that. Um, uh, okay. Where were we? I don't even uh, fucking remember. I just got triggered. Um, <laughs> I feel like the winter soldier. Oh, Ponzi now. scheme, right? So, Ponzi how scheme. You, yeah. yeah. So, what is a Ponzi scheme? To me, a Ponzi scheme is like you're saying one thing, you're doing another. That's okay. It. That's you're all saying one thing and you're doing another? That's what a Ponzi scheme is? In my opinion, yeah. So how does that apply to money? How does apply? How does that apply to like... Like Bernie Madoff. Who, that's a Ponzi yeah. scheme. He was telling everybody one thing, taking their money and doing something else with it. And they were thinking they were getting one thing. But Bitcoin doesn't do that. Okay, I agree with you. If If, if that's... Let's see, Ponzi scheme definition. A form of fraud in which belief in the success of a non-existent enterprise is fostered by the payment of quick returns to the first investors 
from money invested by later investors. So, so, so if, if I if I collect ten dollars from ten people, and then I tell everybody, um, in in two weeks your ten dollars, I'm gonna give you uh, double your first dollar, and then I'll give people two dollars of every ten dollars that they gave me right back to them, and then. I could like scale it, I guess, based on like however many people I have. Basically, I'll just be giving them back their own money. Yes, with, but the with, difference between what what you said and why Bitcoin isn't a Ponzi scheme is what you said is you're getting people to believe in something that doesn't exist. In Bitcoin, it very much does exist. These miners are real. If you don't think that they're real, then take a trip. I don't know. 200 miles in any direction and find a mine and go look at the computers that are crunching numbers like it's not fake it's, it's real people can make the same argument about new businesses amazon wasn't a ponzi scheme because amazon had an entire operation that was be- was backing it people worked for amazon people built things for amazon but at one point amazon was worth nothing and now the people that invested in it early and took a risk are worth a lot yeah, so I don't think Ponzi scheme is the right word. Maybe what people are looking are are, are trying to um, describe Bitcoin is as something that seems to be inflating in value relative to the dollar. And you know how you know how people have um, spread across the premise that. Uh, Bitcoin has only ever gotten like maybe twenty billion dollars. Yeah, and That's fake, it's actually yeah. like it's not actually you know worth one hundred forty something billion or whatever it is right now. Mm-hmm. Because it's only been twenty billion that's been traded back and forth. Yes. Uh, yeah, Bitcoin's not a Ponzi scheme, not in that sense. I understand I what you're saying. What people are trying to say, they're trying to say like they're trying to say know, there's wash trading happening. Bitcoin. But here's the yeah, thing. Yeah, the paper, the paper value. If you can't, if you can't prove that there's wash trading, then there is none. That's the only logical explanation there. If you that doesn't no. That's yes. Not a yes. If you can't prove that there's wash trading, then then there's no wash trading. What do you mean? That's no? like that's like that stupid thing. Like if if a tree falls in a forest and uh and doesn't make it and it makes a sound, but you're too far away to hear it, does it still make a sound? It's like yeah, it still does. Not to me. I'm not there to hear it. Yeah, but it still does. No. There's no wash trading in Bitcoin. You can't prove that there's wash trading in Bitcoin. Or even if there is wash trading in Bitcoin, what's what's the benefit of saying there is? There, the, the benefit of saying that there is is you're calling out exchanges who are profiting from wash trading. Okay. So, so how how does where does the profit from wash trading come from? It comes from the people who are putting their money on that exchange, the people who are buying into the high higher highs, and uh, and, mm-hmm. and and selling into the lower lows, right? That's where the profit from wash trading is coming from. Yeah, it's com- coming from exchange users. So how are you going to say that? So if you, if you call out an exchange for wash trading, I mean that's that's bad. That means that that exchange is is manipulating the price the spot price their spot price of bitcoin and that's illegal 
But how are you ever going to prove that an exchange is wash trading? I mean, how? you can see it. If you, you can see that, like, there are some exchanges that are selling Bitcoin for, like, $22,000 of Bitcoin in, like, exchanges in South Africa. Like, you can clearly see that. Yeah, but that's not wash trading. That's can, just... your, can your money get into that market? No, it can't. Because you'd have to, like, take a flash drive, pull out some Bitcoin, fly over to South Africa, and then trade it there. Maybe you have to be a citizen. Maybe those exchanges have some local uh, law enforcement protecting locals to only trade there. I don't know. Yeah, what I'm saying is, like, where where this all started with, though, Jesse, is simple. People complain that Bitcoin is very confusing and hard to understand. But in reality, it's very simple. It's so simple that people make it more complex than they need to, to make it. Everything that we've read so far, nothing is above something that, like, I don't know, someone in the 10th grade couldn't understand. I mean, like, I, could, no, I could tell you how a light bulb works and how a light switch works, but that, that doesn't mean that you can go out and make a light switch and make a light bulb from scratch. You I think it could. If you knew all. it, if you knew it well enough, and you told me well enough, I think it could. Well, we'll find out, right? Because we're gonna we're gonna do it from scratch. Okay, let's keep yeah. going. I didn't know how an engine worked until my dad told me how it worked really well, and now I could put together an engine from scratch. That's all I'm saying. Is like, it's it, nothing is complex. It's just a bunch of simplicities added together. That's all. I don't disagree, but you. You have to build all the fundamentals, all the simple things. And so I guess my argument was like when people like when people who have entrenched financial success in the current monetary system, say things like Bitcoin is a Ponzi scheme. Bitcoin is this and Bitcoin is that. All I see is like, oh, you're protecting your wealth because you have no clue how something works and you're actually scared. I don't see that. Not all the time. What do you see? I just... They just don't care about it. Well, if they didn't care, they wouldn't say anything. I don't care about lots of things. I don't fucking talk about them. When I care about something, I talk about it. Hmm. Okay, I can see what you're saying. Yeah, I don't know. Like, people who have a lot of money, they just don't talk about money. And some people who have a lot of money, they still talk about money. That means they're scared of losing their money. No, it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean anything. Sometimes it really doesn't mean anything. I think it does. Sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> All right, we need to keep going. So the difficulty, if it's above one, the difficulty increases. If it's below one, the difficulty decreases, and that's it. So the difficulty will only adjust by a factor of four. I need to read that. Go up a little bit more. Okay. The difficulty will only adjust by a factor of four at most, uh, i.e. a number not greater than four or less than 0.25. This is to prevent abrupt changes from one difficulty to the next so how how does the difficulty control the time okay well, i'll start with a simple example this is of course not coming from me this is coming from learnmeabitcoin.com by the one and only greg maxwell so let's say i give you a range of numbers from one to 100 now what i know is there is infinity numbers in between that range but we'd call that accountable infinity wouldn't we, Jesse? I, I actually have never heard of that. Okay. Accountable infinity. Okay. 
That's another. So incountably infinite and countably infinite are two different things. It it matters if something converges or not. Are you saying accountable or countable? Countably. Countably infinite. Countably infinite. Oh, okay. If you take a function out to the long tail and it converges to something, it's countably infinite. If it does not converge, okay. if it diverges infinitely, then it's incountably infinite. Okay. You mean That's uncount? It. Okay. Uncountably infinite. Sorry. So anyways, long story short, if you, I gave you a range of numbers from 1 to 100, now you're able to randomly generate a number between 1 and 100 once every minute. And your goal is to generate a number below my target. So let's say I set the target at 50. So we've got 1 to 100, right in the middle, the target is 50. Seeing as you're only able to generate a number between 1 and 100 once a minute, this should take you 2 minutes, right? Makes sense to me. There's 100 numbers, and I cut them in half. You should be able to be below that half every 2 minutes, right? If I tell you, you can only generate a number every minute. So, but that's too easy. Now I lower the target to 20, which means you're only going to be able to generate a winning number one out of five of the time, or once every five minutes. Mmm, now it's getting juicy. Now see how it's working. It's not going to be five minutes every time because you could get lucky with the first number you generate, but over the long run, it would work to be five minute intervals. Absolutely. So, Jesse. If I take a coin and I flip it five times, what's going to be the probability I get heads or tails? All, all the heads. So you want heads five times in a row? I'm just going to flip this coin five times. What's the probability I get heads? 50% every time. I don't know if we could say that. I think it depends on the number of times we flip the coin, right? And there are no, magic if you flip a, number. If you flip a quarter, wouldn't it be? If you flip a quarter, right? Every time you flip the quarter is a new instance, right? The probability resets to 50% every time. But if you're saying, like, how many times will you get heads in a row? Then you would take the probability and then multiply it by the previous probability. So it would be 50%, right, times 50% for the second flip. And then the third uh, flip would be times 50 again, 50 mm -hmm. times 50 times 50% to get the probability of I do know that, like, heads. I've done this experiment with my students in the past. And I did it in school as well. And that is the shorter times you flip the coin, there's actually a massive skew towards one heads or one tails. It's not until you start flipping it like more than 15, 30 times to where you get that even 50-50. Absolutely. And so I think that's what Satoshi was getting at. Is that like, as the long goes on, we're going to get to 10 minutes every single block. But sometimes you get a block in like three minutes. People guess good. So that was for the audience. You know what I'm saying? So, so you introduce a difficulty. So this, this is Greg Maxwell's words. So I'm a computer, and instead of telling you the target value directly, I find it easier to give you the target by dividing the range of numbers with a new number. Ooh. Ooh. So that new number that you get is the difficulty. So for example, right? So let's say that one more time, 
you divide the range of numbers with a new number. So in the example he has up here, if we were going 1 to 100, then to get to 50, you would have divided 100 by 2. 100 divided by 2 equals 50. And that new number controls the target. That new number being 2. Okay, we see all good? Mm -hmm. And then so, so we're going to lower the height depending on how difficult you want it to be. Yep. Yep. So the closer it gets to 1, the more difficult it will be. Absolutely. Okay, so target is equal to target max divided by difficulty. Okay, so I can use this difficulty value to help me set the target to any level I want. So he's got three different examples. One is 100 divided by 1. The difficulty is 100. Now very hard to guess. 100 divided by 2 is 50. 100 divided by 5 equals 20. And that number is designed to make sure that you get a guess every 10 minutes. So the difficulty in Bitcoin works in exactly the same way. It's used to start. It's used to set a target value and miners keep generating numbers, hashing their candidate blocks and hope that they will find a number lower than this target value. And seeing as miners are able to generate thousands of numbers per minute, Bitcoin uses ridiculously big numbers. So the number in this example for Bitcoin is the total space is drum roll from one. <laughs> I hope you're ready for this audience. The space of numbers is from one to the number. Wait for it. Two, six, nine, five, nine, five, <laughs> three, two, five. Gonna <laughs> I'm going to read it. I'm going to read it. No, no, just tell them what, how many decimal places that dude, like, come on. Two, I'm not going to, I don't even, what? I don't know. 2.6 times 10 to the 20 something. I don't know. I don't know what this is actually. Yeah. So we're just going to say from the, so, you know, audience, no, you just went from the number one to 100 to give you a simple example. Well, in Bitcoin, we're going from the numbers 1 to 269-595-352-9101309493156476348. I can't, that's even, that's half the number. I still have way more numbers to read. So I hope you understand just how difficult it is. What number is that? That should be something out here. I don't know, man. 2.6 times 10 to the... 30-something? What you're saying is that space should be defined somewhere, and I don't know if we're going to find it here. What would that number be? What would you I reference mean, that number as? Like, if I'm trying to Google search it. Countably infinite number? I don't know. It's a really large number. No, no. What is, what is that? Like, the the upper range for oh. like the maximum block height? Or mass, maximum target height? No, no. Height? Let's, let's go back. Scroll back down. It would be target height, right? Yeah, target, maximum target, target height. Maximum target maximum height for Bitcoin. Target height in Bitcoin. Oh, it's two hundred fifty-six bits. So that's easy. So you just do two fifty-six times. Oh, two fifty-six bit number. Two. Is a two fifty-six bit number? It doesn't say it's 
the max 256-bit number. Click on the link. It'll tell us. What is the maximum target? It's that. So we need to know what that is in hexadecimal. Oof, that's the number I was reading. Is it? Mm-hmm. That looks small compared to the other number. That's the same number. Is it? Yeah, look. I'm trying to find out. Here it is. Sorry, audience. This isn't very, like, friendly for you guys to listen to. But right now, we're trying to figure out what the maximum height is. Yeah, see, we're uh, missing some numbers. The target maximum. It's not the same number? No, it's it's off by two. Two on the back end or like two yeah, and two what? On the back end. Okay, so it should be six nine six two. Uh I'm missing uh two decimal places. Oh okay. I'm missing Damn. the ones and the tens place. Oof. Right, I mean not not a ones and tens, but you know, on the reverse on the other end. How many how many exponents is that? Ten point six nine five times ten to the Oh you can't even do that. Because those aren't our zeros. Hmm. Those are all significant figures. Shit. Bitcoin is very large. And that's just Bitcoin, man. Yeah, you're playing with numbers. Making money. We out here, Jesse. We out here. I feel like we didn't get far this episode, but we did learn a lot about difficulty. I feel like I understand it now. More completely. Yeah. I, until until we actually do it. Okay. So, what did we learn today? Because we do have to figure out that value, though. To be able we just to program did. This. No, we don't know what it is. We don't know what it actually is. Like, 1E what? Like, we can copy it. Yeah, sure. 2659595355. We'll, we'll scroll down a little bit. Look at that right there, that number zero 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 f f f f f. What's that? Yeah, that's why I converted already. Oh, it okay. That, it gives you that. It was this. Go to go to uh, Wolfram Alpha. Put it in Wolfram Alpha. See if we can get different versions of the number. Okay. Uh, max maximum target height. All right, let's think about it this way. The target is a 256-bit number. Yeah. Now, if you want to convert 256, a 256-bit number to decimal, what do you do? Go mathematician. mathematician. I don't know shit about computer math. No, just convert it. Like, if you're going between math, between, yeah, between, like, number systems, you should know that. Yeah, but I don't like know all the number, number systems on the planet, man. 256-bit to decimal? Yeah. How do you go from two? So, like, if I have, if I have, let me whip out my paint. Let me see if I have, if I have zero, zero, this is, I'm going to use two bits here. Two bits. What I'm trying to tell you is quite earnestly. One, one, zero, I one, do one. not know zero, that. Zero, one, two, three. <laughs> so I can make four numbers with two bits, which is equal to two to the two. 
So if if it says it's a two fifty six bit number, then that means I could do two, two to the two fifty six. Yeah. And that would be equals to de in decimal. That's the max cap. So I should be able to do two to the two fifty six. So that's the decimal format. So one point one five e seventy seven roughly. So seventy seven yeah. decimal points after the one. Yeah, exactly. That's how big the number is. Which that's is, a that's a big fucking number. Which is really big. How many like? What number has 77, it sounds like 78, right? Significant figures? Yeah, 78. No, I want the number. Where's the chart that goes like... I don't know what you're wanting to find. Are you trying to find like what the mega, number giga. is called? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like kilo, mega, giga, tera, exa, oh. yada, theta. What is 78? Dude, I don't know. I don't know either. I only know to like E24 or E32. Oh well, whatever. That's really big. So yeah, that's we learned it. So that's what that is. 1E77. <laughs> Super rounded. And then the difficulty that is based on the target and the target was set at like 1E74 mm -hmm. or 1E73. Well, the target's close to 1, remember? Or the target's where no, it no, needs no. to look, be. Look, look, This is the target. This is the actual target. Where? I'm not looking. Give me a second. Yeah. Oh. So the difficulty is 14,484, but this is the target height to, to calculate that difficulty of 14,484. Does that number change data. or... Yeah, this 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 number right. This is the difficulty. It'll go down. This is mm -hmm. sorry. This is the difficulty. This is your target height, and this mm. number is one e seventy seventy three. Mm. This is one point eight e seventy three. If this one is one e seventy eight or seventy seven, jeez, because this is like one two three four off or mm -hmm. six things off. But yeah. So that's, let's that's read up a little bit more and then let's wrap because it's kind of hard. I like the visuals, by the way. So once again, audience, if you're, if you're trying to figure out where we're getting this information from, it's from Greg Maxwell. It's, it's called learnmeabitcoin.com. All one word. Learn me a Bitcoin. Very good. What would you say, Jesse, so far? You've seen this three weeks now. What do you think about yeah, it? Yeah, it's great. I feel like I feel like this is definitely like a, like a decent primer. Maybe not yeah. a textbook, but like definitely a good primer. Yeah, it's no mastering Bitcoin, but it is, which I've read, which flew way over my head because I'm not a computer science guy. So hexadecimal is a type, there's a way to represent a decimal number um, with with letters and num with letters and numbers. It's base 16. Base 16. Decimal is base 10. Binary is base 2. Okay. Binary is base 10. Is base eight, you know, that's all it is. Okay. So it's base sixteen, and it's is it base sixteen or base fifteen? Base sixteen, right? Hexadecimal is base sixteen. So it's base sixteen, and it's represented yeah. by zero through F. So it goes zero, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, mm -hmm. and then it goes A, B, C, D, B, F, E, F. Um. Did you hear that music? No, I heard somebody close the door. Uh, okay, so, 
So instead of having a number that is 1E77, which by the way, for those in the audience that don't know, um, just to clear up, when we say, when we keep saying E, E is a scientific notation. So if you remember like way back in the day, you had like 1 times 10 to the 2 in that scientific notation. Well, you can also say 1E2, and that's basically saying the same thing as 1 times 10 squared. So when we say E77, what we meant is 1 with 77 decimal points behind it. But since it's scientific notation, you move that decimal point. So it's one. You can imagine that is a very large number. In fact, I think you, if I'm just thinking about one times, I think you and maybe 200, 300 generations of you would die before you could count that number from one, from zero to that number. Yeah, that's a very large number when you think about it like that. Because I know if you, if I were to start counting right now, it would take like, I don't know, I can't even remember the statistic, but I would die several times over before I could get to one million, and that's just six zeros. So we're talking about seventy-seven zeros. That that number really, is it would, just. It would take a whole lifetime to count to a million. It takes a very long time to count to a million. Like if you're saying one, two, three, and then you get, think about it, it'd be like. See here, to, at one number per second with no breaks at all for any reason, it would take 11 days, 13 hours, 46 minutes. I don't think it would and, take that. I think it would take much longer than that. Well, but no. they're saying no breaks at all. You'd have to take breaks, so you're a human. Okay, I mean, say you took breaks. But that's still not going to be a whole lifetime to count to a million. Okay. It's doable. Well, let's take that down now. Count to a billion. Okay. Well, let's well let's take this then. Hold up. Okay. If that's the ten million is one year's work. Hundred million is ten years' work. One billion is a hundred years. Okay. So cool. Awesome. I'm glad I was wrong and we actually dove down this rabbit hole. So hundred. So one billion is a hundred years, and that's ten to the nine. So let's take seventy-seven and divide it by nine. No, no, no. Sorry. It would take. 1e66 centuries. How old is the universe? <laughs> Pretty old. <laughs> what kind of question is that? 28 billion years. Alright, so it would take you. Let me multiply that back out. Wait, 13.8. It would take you. 57, no, 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 that's uh, 7E57 universes. If oh if, uh, if the universe is 13.8 billion years old, it would take you, again, 7.2E57 universes. Oh my god, long. That's, that's, that's impossible. Dude. To count to the maximum target height of Bitcoin. Wow. I'm glad we've done this exercise, just so we can understand just how crazy difficult it is to well, that's win. for a human to count that out. That's just retarded. Nobody yeah, I know. But I know computers are doing this, but, <laughs> yeah. but still, like... Just imagine, computers will finish doing that by, like, what? Like, in 120 years or something like that? Mm-hmm. So in 120 years, they'll do what humans... What it would take one human to count to for... One E, what was it? One E, 
one e seven times fifty seven universes. Sorry, not times, but one e fifty seven universes. Long, yeah. That's crazy. Computers are awesome. Well, I think we got to wrap it on that. Um, we just got through difficulty. And what is difficulty for? Well, difficulty designates the time it takes to get a bunch of transactions and put them into a block, add a block to the blockchain. We need to regulate this time to once every 10 minutes. And that's what the difficulty do does by setting a new target. What is a target? Well, you've got to guess a number. A nunce, remember? A nunce goes into the block headers. And... When you guess a number that's small enough, sorry, that is then hashed with the information in the previous block that is below the target, you win Bitcoin. Awesome. That was a good uh, wrapping up of what we learned. So audience, this is D, obviously. I apologize for all of the noises that you heard in this episode. I was visiting my my childhood home and little did I knew I grew up in chaos, complete <laughs> audible chaos. So, uh, there you have it. Um, Is something being cooked in the kitchen now. I don't know, dude, there's noises. Oh. There's no quiet in this house. There's no, there's no quiet. It's, nice. it's lively. Yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> Thank you guys for listening to another episode of the Bitcoin Pod. This isn't even the Bitcoin Pod. See, I'm so jarred. The Bitcoin Podcasts. What the header? The Bitcoin With Podcast BBN Networks. Broke. What the headers? Let's get out of here before more random noises start going <laughs> off. Thank you all for listening. Thanks, Jesse. Thanks, audience. Thank you, D. Play the outro.